I'd like to welcome you to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Miller. Here we'll be discussing pleasure hunts, competition hunts, and anything else related to the use of hunting dogs. It's our sole purpose to bring awareness to the sport of hunting with dogs. And now it's time to let's talk some dogs. Today's word comes from Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is Strong Tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Proverbs 18.10. Brendan? Yes, sir. Hey, how's it going? It's going. How are you? All pretty good. It's actually just starting to rain right now at the house. Yes, we need it bad. Yes, sir. Well, I figured I'd get you on here. We'll do a little talking, talk about some dogs, and uh, this will be your time to shine. You can tell us a little bit about, you know, everything, how you got started all the way to now. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Well, first of all, uh, I'm Miles Miller. I'm with the Hunting Dog Public Podcast, and today we got on uh, Mr. Brendan Tony. Uh, Brendan, if you would, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, uh, uh, what you do, who you are, and uh, we'll dive right into it. Yeah, uh, 29 years old, born and raised in the Franklinton, Louisiana area, uh, Stony Point community. Uh, married, got two kids, seven-year-old boy Bradley, two-year-old girl Bristol. Um, I'm a finance manager at a car dealership and coon hunter by night. Gotcha. Uh, as far as your hunting stuff, pretty much just coon hunting or you do anything else? Just coon hunting at the moment. Um, don't, don't dive into any other kind of hunting. Um, probably have to start deer hunting soon uh, as a seven-year-old boy who thinks he wants to be a deer hunter so we'll see how that goes yeah i know exactly how that is uh well what uh let's talk about uh we'll just start from the beginning how uh how did you first become a coon hunter what what got you into it well my dad mainly we uh you know grew up on a dairy farm as a little boy and it started, you know, dad hunted all through the late 60s and 70s and all that. And then got out for a while when he went into the dairy business. And, you know, it literally started from scratch at two years old from one of the little strap headlights and shining in the salad pit, shining coons to getting a blue tick puppy starting from scratch and starting over. Um, so it started with him at about two years old from shining them in the silage pit to uh, train them and hitting hunts and probably probably hit our first my first hunt at probably eight years old i would say gotcha but whenever you went to your first hunt you were hunting a dog that was yours or was your daddy's or it was my dad's dog your dad's dog what dog was that uh it was this old crossbred uh english dog max um he was a single registered english dog um my first ever cast i had let's see todd fayard hunting zombie uh harold parker hunting one of his dogs 
and Michael Payne hunting uh, Swamp Stomping Hank uh, was the first cast I'd ever hunted in. You remember it? Uh, look, bits and pieces. Uh, I, mean, I can't remember the exact details. I do know I ended up winning the cast uh, with Max. Um, I can't remember much of the details as to what we did or didn't do. He wasn't bad, old Max. He wasn't bad about treating them coons, was he? Quarter and a hundred until you were sick of it. Yep. I never had the pleasure of hunting with him, but that's what everybody around here said is he would be somewhere treated with one pretty consistent. Most of the dominant cast that I remember growing up was his cast. I I can remember, uh, you know, Dad was handling them. I was spectating, but... uh, one night, one weekend, it was back-to-back Friday and Saturday night hunt. Max trees six singles on Friday and five singles on Saturday and nothing else, treat a coon. And you said he was a single registered dog? Yeah, he was blue tick and walker cross um, single registered English. But he was he was a kind of a, a almost looked like a blue tick, kind of ticked up a little bit? or Yeah, he was so blue, he was almost black. Yeah. Um, and he had a little red on his head. He best one bark tree dog. I mean, you could tree him on half a locate. He didn't even have to think about it. Gotcha. So you originally started hunting Max. How long did it take for you realize you wanted your own dog? Right away. Yeah. Oh, uh, dad. Uh, dad ended up breeding Max to a few females, and that would. That would set me up with Max Pups, keep me going for probably the next 10 years after that. Yep. So what was the first pup that you had off of Max that that you actually started hunting? Uh, First one would have been Scream 2. Um, Dad and BJ Goins had a English female named uh, Scream who was off of Dark Time Danny Boy and uh another jit we had named cry she was uh swamp rooster bred um i ended up keeping a female from that cross named her scream too um and did a good bit of winning with her she uh she was a red red dog she was so red and if she was wet she looked like a red bone right um ended up you know she made grand knight champion and silver champion and i did all this as a 13 year old kid hunter um and she was she was a solid dog she um back before they paid early rounds at super stakes in the world hunt i can remember one year with her uh when fall super stakes in the world hunt was back-to-back weeks she won three earlies at the super stakes and four earlies at the world hunt and couldn't buy a late round well a lot of people know how that is it it takes a, a good dog and a lot of luck up there. That Them seven earlies would be worth $2,100 today. Unfortunately, Cor- they were worth zero back then. Correct. So you hunted her. Uh, do any yeah, she, produce? She, she, you breed her in here? Do anything? Just hunted her? Uh, we ended up breeding her one time. Uh, bred her to the Swamp Thing dog. And she had two or three. I think she ended up with three puppies. Yeah. And just kind of lost track of them. Um, they all made dogs that would run in tree, but uh, they were kind of scattered out. I think one 
one ended up in Mississippi and had a pair in Tennessee and Georgia and just, you know, didn't keep track of them as the years went on. Right. So you, you're hunting her. How old are you at this time? Uh, let's see, 13. 13. Let's see, six. Yeah, 13. Gotcha. And how long did you hunt her for? Uh, probably hunted her a good two years. You know, she, uh, she finished top 10 in the state two years and got truck tickets. Um, she got to hunt the Purina pup truck hunt twice and she, uh, did a good, good bit of winning for a 13 year old kid who, uh, was really my first dog of my own. Right. So after her, then, then what dog did you go to? So after her, um, the next dog would have been Rex. Rex was also off of Max and, um, can't remember uh his mama's name was wendy i can't remember how she was bred but uh rex would go on to do a good bit of winning as well um you know he made grand night and he didn't quite make silver champion but was close um he got to let's see he made the final four of the youth shootout me and him and he also got two senior doll tickets along the way um wasn't the wasn't the best dog I'd had, but uh, he was a good, real good coon trier. Um, just kind of missed some of the in between. Right. Seems like I remember old Rex a little bit. Yeah, you owned him at one time. That's right. He. Uh, one thing I'll say is he was probably the uh, I guess the most honest dog. You never had to worry about him trashing on anything. He was honest to a fault. Correct. Yep. He would that would mess the hunt up. Dogs leave a deer leave running on a deer and he'd come tell on them. Yep. But he was uh pretty good about treating a coon when he got treated and had him, you know. And for being short and stubby, he was light and quick. Yep. Yep. So you hunt Rex, I remember um you ended up what, Breeder Showcase, you hunted him and done a little good there and Yeah, he uh, one year he won thursday friday and saturday at the breeder showcase but uh didn't have a high enough combined score to be crowned the champion that year yeah he was just pretty much just a to me i would call just a solid country coon dog that was able to compete yep i mean just his coon tree and ability is what kept him in the hunts you know he when he barked you struck him when he treated you treat him right and he was good about having a coon he wasn't wasn't the fastest dog ever, you know, a mile in three minutes. That wasn't his style. He'd trail him up and tree him. Yep. So you hunted Rex. Then what uh, happens? Uh, who who comes next? Let's see. So we hunted Scream Two from O six to O eight. Yep. And then we hunted Rex from about O eight to ten. And then the next one came along was my favorite that I've ever unsnapped. So, next came along with Pete. Correct. So, the story with Pete, me and Dad get Fayard's Bad Bernice from Todd. At the time, Bernice is probably, she's a teenager. I can't remember if she's 13 or 14. She's old. Yep. So, we breed her to Max, and this heifer ends up having 18 puppies. And summertime july 
go on. We get them in the house. We start raising them in the house. A couple of them was born dead. I think of the 18, she ended up raising eight. Well, at the time, I, I was hunting wrecks and still had Scream 2. Um, we, we didn't keep any of the puppies. We had sold them all. And I already had another young puppy off of Max. Well, fast forward two months down the road, uh, me and BJ Goins, we go, we got a cave cone we done trapped. We done turned loose on these eight-month-old puppies. We go behind Jason Waller's house to turn his puppy loose. And Jason had Pete. Um, that was his puppy that he had picked out. Time his wife had ran him over and he had a broke leg and Jason had a splint on him. So we drive back there on the Rangers, cut this cone loose on these older pups, and you know, we give give gonna give the cone a head start ten minutes before we cut these pups on it. We cut them loose and next thing you hear, you hear a locate and just lock down. So we go up in there and we, we went ahead and turned the eight month old puppies loose. We go up in there and this 10-week-old puppy with a broke leg has done followed us two miles back there and treed this coon. And we shoot the coon out the tree and this 10-week-old puppy went to whoop all the eight-month-olds over. And I fell in love. I knew at that moment I had to have them. So, get back. I try to buy them for Mr. Jason and he don't want to sell them. And few weeks later for whatever reason he calls me he's like hey you know you, he called him copper you want to buy copper absolutely so i get him and now you know he's three months old at the time and he's just sitting out in the pen you know just kind of waiting on him to get a little older one night we get in from a ball game and i told dad i was like you know i'm gonna go take pete behind the house and go drop him so i go pete at this time's four months old i cut pete loose I mean, keep in mind, this dog's never saw a coon, just the coon that he had treated. And I flip him loose behind our pond, and this pup is 600 yards in 10 minutes hooked. So at this time, I'm about probably 16. I don't have a driver's license yet. I go back and I tell my dad, I'm like, hey, you know, Pete's treed. And he's like, man, ain't no way. I'm like, not only is he treed, I was like, he's got a coon. So we load up in the truck, drive around. Sure enough, we get in there. Pete's got a coon. Shot it out to him. And, man, the rest is history. Two months later, I'd put him in his first hunt at six months old. He treed three singles. He was a walker dog in an English dog's body. He would strike for 100 through the country, treed with a coon. Um, and something had to want to stay treed to tree with him at six months old he uh, he would go on I got him in the final four of our state hunt back to back nights at the thousand dollar added hunt at nine months old uh, got him in the final four of the youth shootout at ten months old um, I hunted him in the nationals um, at eleven months old at, uh, on my youth ticket that year and Pete would tree a coon for a hundred and a hundred and um steel trap. Stacy Young and uh Eddie Edmondson was hunting him and steel trap with three legs, treat a coon with about five minutes left to beat us. But uh I mean he was for his age was just absolutely unbelievable. He uh, he ended up he would win about twenty five hundred 
uh, night champion, three wins to a grand, and he got hung in a tree before his second birthday and died. But he he was he was probably my favorite. So, uh, we were hunting together around that time. That uh, that kind of took the wind out of you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, whenever that the night it happened, I was hunting Oswald. Um, I had Oswald down from Doug Hevner and Dax Glover and uh, Brady Smith. I was hunting him too, and Pete had treated coon. Oswald had treated coon, and I'd recut him. And Pete went in there, flew in there, got treed, and something wasn't right. He just shut up. My Garmin stopped picking up. So I got my dad, and we drove around, and Pete had a triple. had three up the tree, and between the oak tree that he was treed on, there was a hedge bush, and his he got his neck stuck in the hedge, and his feet was about an inch off the ground, and um, you know, he ended up hanging himself there. And, you know, for a little while, didn't feel like hunting after that because he, uh, to that point, was definitely my favorite dog by far at the moment. So you don't take a break, but you kind of, you kind of back off a little bit. Um, whenever that happens to him, right from there, where do you go? What, what, what are you hunting? I know you had Oswald down here and you were hunting him a little bit. Um, I, I hunted Oswald a little bit more, um, before, before sending him, uh, before sending him back. Um, from then it was a minute before I really got something of my own from that point. I really wasn't worried with it after that had happened that I kind of just got a couple fill-ins um what I ended up what were some of the fill-ins do you remember any of the dogs that yeah. any of them stand out I hunted the jammer dog for Lee Thomas and Kemper Strickland at the breeder showcase one year and we got in the final four twice um let's see the next year I hunted the Castor Creek everywhere aka eve jip for yourself and levon tisdale and she made the final four twice and got a cast win the third night and was the overall breeder showcase champion and uh and that was in 2012 right um also around that time i was hunting deep south boss for roger dale um boss we would get top four or five in the state Let's see. We got a truck, a senior dog of the month in May that year. Um, boss, we would go to the senior dog truck hunt. We won our early round. Um, got beat in the late round. We made the top 16. From the truck hunt, um, the Nationals was the very next weekend. So I left me and Drake Robertson and Justin Gobble left from the truck hunt and went to Tennessee for the Nationals. And we would double up, get boss in at the Nationals. And uh, he ended up making, I think it was the top top 13 or 14 of Nationals that year. So after, after boss, what was there anything else um, that you hunted? Or, or did you go back and get you another dog of your own? Or? So after, after boss, you know, it's. 2012 and i'm getting ready to you know graduate um high school and stuff and my dad ends up we're looking for a dog at the time 
you know, I'm getting ready to go off to college and, you know, he's trying to keep me from being Johnny Manziel 2.0. Right. So we're, we're searching for a dog and we're looking, looking, can't find nothing. And just, you know, I don't ever get on the UKC site and one day I do. And, you know, there's a 14 month old young dog for sale in Arkansas um, that Dustin Burdine had and, He's like, fellas, if somebody comes and tries this dog, they will buy them. Yeah, and if somebody says that and the dog's priced in your price range, it definitely had our attention. So my dad and whole family loaded up, and we went to Jasper, Arkansas, and tried them. I mean, and this sucker was flying through the country up there in the mountains. And uh, needless to say, we, we bought them. That would have probably been August of 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. August of 12 and so we bought him the I think he had had $55 one um we get him home and I hunt him and you know Dustin's done did a lot of the legwork on him he is a he is a fine young dog that's well on his way and um so we we hunt him another 45 nights and get to thinking about you know I ain't got nothing for the world hunt so I'll probably take him and put him in a hunt in September to finish getting his $100 one and we, uh, because of school, we could only go up to the world hunt for one night. So we got one chance and we go up there and Homer doubles up very first night at 15 months old. Um, uh, so then from there that through the hunt that, so this was also my last year for the youth world hunt, but naturally since I doubled up in the big world hunt, I wasn't going to hunt the youth world hunt because back then it was the same weekend and so thursday night on the early round i can't let's see i know i had chris whitelock with tar nailers bobby i had one of the fisher's creek red bone maybe moonshine and uh homer would win that cast with 225 plus he had two coons and had a little bit of minus and then the late rounds, um, I draw out with our one of our close friends, Johnny Payro, with his uh, Swarm Pratt's Jack Dog, who who's a dang good dog, and Dave Lawson with Minnie Mouse, and it was a complete monsoon of a storm. Um, we ended up treeing a couple coons, and uh, Homer and Jack ended up tied, and Homer won on tiebreaker. Um, then we would go on to the top 64 on Friday night and on the early rounds we had Doug Blackwell's senior hunting Byram's Amazing Ego and that was the same year Ego had just won the national race um, we ended up not treeing no coons uh, in that quarterfinal cast and I think Homer made one circle tree and didn't have no minus and ended up winning the cast um and then in the top 16 we ended up drawing out with our neighbor toby miller with deep south patty and randy leonard with awesome um you know awesome was just clicking uh, i think patty and homer would tree a coon and awesome ended up treeing three and then awesome went on to win it but, uh, he went on to win the world that year correct right yep. that, that was the year awesome won it so, we got we got beat out by them in the cast before the final four. Yep. But uh, 
but needless to say, my, my head couldn't fit through a door to, you know, make the top 16 with a 15-month-old young dog his first ever real hunt. Right. Um. So then, you know, the fire's burning, and we would want to push for more the next year. So 2013 rolls around, and we decide that we're going to run pretty hard. And we started off at the PKC Winter Classic in Louisville. And uh, Thursday night, Homer gets in early round, had Dustin Weed with Sally, um, Austin hunting Goober, and Homer would win that cast with 400. And we get back in the final fours, me with Homer, Jeff Travis with the Psycho Lady, Cutter Psychotic Lady, um, Junior Stillman, um, what the hell was he on? Hybrid, and the smoking blue boomer dog from Arkansas, Cody Westbrooks. And I would get in and make them hunt it off. And Homer ended up winning it all, pulled a 638 that night. And we, at, from that point, we decided we was going to run for state leader and see where it would take us. And we hit a bunch of hunts on the way. And Homer ended up that year, we had hunted off a bunch of hunts. You know, we didn't split anything. And he ended up with a good bit of first. Um, we ended up right at four grand in open money that year. Um, was enough for state leader. And I think he was third in the mail race that year. Um, one of the downfalls, Homer wasn't a super state pup. And he was doing all this at two years old. Four different months that year, he'd have been the Purina Pup of the Month and couldn't qualify because he wasn't a Super State Pup. So he never got to hunt a truck hunt or nothing or Super States. Yeah, that was one thing that I never quite understood. So a dog wasn't eligible to be qualified for the Pup Truck Hunt, but he wasn't old enough to qualify for the Senior Dog. Right. So that dog's yep. just in limbo. He can't compete for either truck hunt um because his litter wasn't registered as a super stakes litter that's right do you think that was one of the reasons that y'all was able to buy at the age as good as he was doing i mean i definitely think that played a factor um also rewinding back to that winter classic on thursday night after we won first place um you know hunt all night the next night friday night he doesn't look very good get beat and then saturday's the, the youth showdown finals the top 12 youth hunters um duke it out and we were fortunate enough homer won the early round with 200 plus so now we're in the final four and the final four was crazy these dogs had a meltdown they were they were in a slick tree in contest all of them and after the second tree, I figured, you know, I realized what they were doing, that they ain't even trying. They're just grabbing trees at this point. I'm like, you know, I'm going to sit back and take a quarter and a quarter on everything for the rest of the night and just see where we fall. I mean, they wouldn't separate. They wouldn't do nothing but tree. It, it was sad. And uh, we get down to the last tree. And so dogs go in there and roll up, get treed. And we done made four or five trees. It ain't been nothing but slicks. And so now, here's the predicament. I can still place first, second, third, or fourth. If I tree for a quarter and it's slick, 
and I'll place the way it worked out. I would place third if I tree for a quarter, and no, if I tree for a quarter and it's slick, I'll get fourth. If I tree for a quarter and it's circle, I'll get third. Um, if I tree for a quarter and there's a coon, I win. Or if I don't tree for anything, as long as there's not a coon, I win. So, you know, as long as it's circle or slick and I don't tree, I win. And we ain't treed a coon all night. So I'm like, okay, I ain't going to tree at all. And Austin Gentry looks at me and he says, you ain't going to tree Homer for a quarter? I don't believe. I mean, this is our sixth or seventh tree. He's like, man, you ought to tree him for a quarter. And he's trying to talk me into it. And I ended up not treeing and got in there and had a dang coon and went from first to fourth. That, that was one of the first of many hunts that me and Austin had went on, and that one sticks out because of the sorry dog work and the circumstances. And at, at that time, y'all were both youth handlers. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm 18 and Austin's 16 at the time, I think. Well, both of y'all have gone on to win quite a few more hunts since that time. For sure. So you you end up running Homer. You get state leader that year. He continues to to do well. Um, he's a very competitive dog, you know. He's going to be struck pretty quick, and he moves around good. He's going to be he, – he always kept you in it, especially, as, you know, back then the format was – it's an open hunt. Top four scores get in. Everybody right. else just gets cast win money. So you need it, – it's go big or bust. You, you need to come in with a score. A cast win really don't mean a whole lot back then. You know, you get right. your 50 bucks back and you can go to the hotel or you can sit around the clubhouse and play cards, which is no fun. So right. you you trying to get a score – uh, and, and Homer was definitely a dog that could do that. So you do well through this year. Then what happens? So fast forward to, uh, you know, it comes time of the Michigan Madness. I think we're, we're actually in first for the national race. And we go up there and Monday night. We Ho- our hold cats. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You need to tell everybody, who did you go to the Michigan Madness with? Yeah. So the Michigan Madness was a heck of a trip. Never forget. So my dad really don't want a bunch of us kids just running off 18 hours to Michigan by ourselves because it's me, Dustin Weed, Peyton Robertson, and Michael Ward. So, I mean, you can imagine. Correct. So needless to say, Roger Dale gets us hooked up with Jeff Travis. At the time... Jeff Travis is working for PKC as a field director. Right. Man, so we, uh, I go up the weekend before Michigan and go to uh, Boonville, Mississippi. They got a 500 added. Uh, we get in, and I'm riding with Dustin and Carl because I'm staying with Dustin. And, uh, you know, we're getting ready to leave for Michigan. Dustin wants to go back and get some rest before we leave. So, you know, I'm, they want us to split. Well, so I say split to appease the company, but I'm hoping one of the other three makes us hunt. Uh, sure enough, Peyton makes us hunt. 
and uh, Homer pulls out that late round, wins first place at that 500 added. So the next day, we'll all load up, and we would go up to Jeff Travis's house in Tennessee. So we we met up with Jeff and uh, all rode up there, and it was a heck of a time. I don't think none of us is allowed back in the hotel up there. We, uh, needless to say, we ended up all a bunch of young, dumb kids. We got us a watermelon, and we spiked it with vodka. We didn't know what we was doing. It ended up being uh, <laughs> intolerable. You couldn't eat this thing. <laughs> so we threw it away, and housekeeping came in and saw the watermelon and saw the vodka in the trash can. They ended up kicking us out, saying we was partying and crap. So we had to go get a new hotel, and uh, you know, Jeff snored like a freight train, and Dustin told him that if he didn't stop snoring, he was gonna kill him. And uh, it was a crazy week. Um, none of us really had a good week. Uh, Homer won a cast on Monday night at 200 plus. Um, I think Peyton would end up getting Bill in the pups one night and got a cast win. Um, same way with Dustin. I think Dustin got Sally in one night and got one cast win. Um, but that's that's where Hillbilly Deluxe would break away from us in the national race. Um, I think Jeff got him in three or four nights that week. And then once that happened, it was too much of a gap to try to catch over the next 45 nights. And that was one of the other things. So y'all all go up there together, but y'all were – pretty much the ones running for national leader at the time right right i'm running for male and dustin's running sally for female right and then jeff's always in the mix with whatever he's toting but uh so you essentially go up there as as buddies and friends but but you're you're really competing against each other also so right uh, i mean the rewind three or four weeks before that me and Dustin we go to Walker days in Greensburg Indiana and we draw out three nights together you know eight, 80 90 dogs a night and me and him draw out on uh, Monday Tuesday and Saturday what's the chances of that right so y'all uh, you finish up the year you end up winning the state race uh what just shy about four thousand that year? Yeah, like thirty-seven fifty, thirty-seven eighty, just right at four. So you have a pretty good year with him. Oh, um, do you go to the World Hunt that year? So right after the Michigan Madness, I don't know how to brain fart or don't know what I was thinking. You know, getting ready to start back college, I was like, you know, this is you know too much dog for a college kid to have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had some feelers out, people calling, looking for dogs and whatever, and ended up pricing them to uh, Jarrett Corley in Barnesville, Georgia. And he paid for our gas. He wanted to come see how he operated over there, and Jarrett would buy them. Right. So uh, I think that's around the end of August, 1st of September, Jarrett buys them. And we'll go on up to the world hunt. And I don't even think I have anything I'm hunting at the World Hunt. I think I'm up there, you know, helping PKC judge. 
or I might have hunted boss one night for RD. I can't remember. That wasn't oh, the, that wasn't the year that me and you went up there and hunted for Roger Dell, was it? No, <laughs> no. We'll talk. Goodness. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So we get up there, and you know, Jarrett shows up on Wednesday night, and he's like, "Hey, you want to hunt Homer for me?" I'm like, "Sure." So I mean, we pick right up where we left off. Go out there. Wins early. Goes out. Wins late. You know, ain't missed a beat. Um, so we'll go on Friday night quarterfinals. We win the quarterfinals. Saturday night, uh, Friday night late, we win the semifinals. So we're sitting in the top six on Saturday. And the top six is me with Homer, Stallard with Bill, who Homer and Bill's been neck and neck all year in the national race. Um, Stephen Miller with Sticker, um, Bobby Burden with Hotspot, um, Mark Hall with Maggie, and Dave Lawson with Lil Cobb. And the way it would work out, me and Stallard would end up drawing out together. So now you got two of the top three males from that year, and it was one of the best casts I've ever been on. Um, ended up Bill treed four singles and Homer treed three singles in a den. You know, both both dogs did exactly what they were supposed to and it was a great hunt. And I always enjoyed hunting with Jeff and Bill's probably one of the best dogs I've drawn. So at this world hunt, um, did did Jared keep Homer's name or did he change it? Named them after the notorious two chains. <laughs> gotcha. Rapper from UCLA. And not only did he do that, so Jared at the time, I drove his truck to the woods that night, had a uh, red F 150 FX4, and somehow with the touchscreen on the truck, you could download media saved to the truck. And he had all the two chains album downloaded to the truck. So, uh, whoever rode with me to the woods that night got the bump, the two chains to and from. Gotcha. So you end up finishing in the top six of the world after a year before finishing in the uh, top 16. So right. You, you've had two pretty good years. You, you're right there. You just can't seal the deal at the end. That's right. So what happens after that? Jared takes him back to Georgia. Yeah, um, Jarrett takes them back to Georgia. Um, I really don't do a whole lot in the meantime. Uh, I think I'm still piddling with Boss a little bit. Um, I end up buying the Red Tick Annie Dog that Michael Moody used to own. Um, just do a few little things, just uh, fooling around, but nothing real serious. Right. Um, you know, and at the time few months later um, I'll say probably six or seven months later um, Jarrett's business is booming and he he really ain't doing a whole lot of hunting at the moment and BJ Goins and Blake Jensen end up buying Homer back from him so uh, once they once they bought him back I think it was the following summer um, they would ask me to take him to the world hunt for him Gotcha. So he's a, what, four-year-old at this time, five-year-old? Uh, 
he's three going on four. Going on four. Three going on four. Gotcha. So you go to the World Hunt this year. How's it play out? The time me and I got engaged to Taylor, and me and her would she would take off work and she'd go up there with me, and you know, just like usual, very first night Monday night Homer doubles up. So we uh, don't have a whole lot to do till Friday. So you know, kept Homer in the room with us and just chilled till Friday, and the cards would cards would all fall our way for the most part um had a had a good quarters and semifinals cast and trade a bunch of cones and homer looked great um and then in the heads up cast they looked bad and homer would end up treating the only cone and then the finals is one i would like to forget so what happens in the final cast uh final cast we uh cut loose and Homer trees, uh, well, first off, Ryan Croson trees, 50 and 100. D's got a slick, gives her 150 minus. Homer trees, 75 and 100. And Worm trees, 175. We leash locked her, we got a circle. Recut, get strike open back up. Homer trees a cone for 200. Worm comes in after the time, draws 75 minus. So with just under an hour to go, the scores is Homer 200 plus, Worm 75 minus, D 150 minus. You feeling pretty good? I mean, I already got the uh, thank you speech typed up on Facebook, ready to send it. Gotcha. I mean, it's over in my mind. Well, go on. You know, I'm telling myself a quarter and a quarter, a quarter and a quarter quarter and a quarter just shut up take last make them ask for a call there's no way to lose this cast right well they go on you know and i don't know what i was thinking because i'm thinking one thing and did the opposite homer and d would work a track in there boom homer come treat i'd treat him for 100 d treats 75 we'll get in there homer's not there and the next thing you know here comes homer tiptoeing out the bushes so now I, he's drawing me minus both ways at that point. So we're eating into our 200 plus. And, but, you know, because of that minus, and then it would happen again, you know, same scenario. I would end up treating them for 100, D treat for 75, get in there. Here comes Homer crawling out the bushes again. So I don't know what's happening, but uh, we recut. There ain't much time left. Probably 14, 14, 15 minutes. And somebody has to have a hundred and a hundred on a coon to beat me. If they don't have a hundred and a hundred, I can't be beat. Right. So I'm waiting for Homer to pull the bark so I can put him on the paper. Uh, as soon as we cut loose, D barks, Ryan strikes her for a hundred. Homer strikes 75. Homer comes tree to hundred. So go to my tree. It's a big old den. So couldn't get him out. Um, about two or three minutes left in the cast, D comes treed. Uh, cone, she wins. No cone, I win. And walking in there, and I mean, she's in a persimmon bottom, and I'm seeing all these persimmon trees. I'm like, man, maybe I looked up, and, you know, she'll be up a persimmon tree or something. And she sure knows how to cone. And she ended up um, 
Let's see. I think ended up beating me by a quarter that night. So you get reserve? Right. Get reserve world champion. Wasn't happy with it. Uh, left straight from the woods that night. Drove eight hours home and never spoke to my wife the whole ride home. And got home and put the plaque under my bed and didn't look at it for about six months. But hindsight, looking back on it, pretty good run three years in a row. Top 16, top six, reserve world champion. Yeah, I mean, ain't no doubt. I mean, the dog always gave me an opportunity to win, and I I let him down. Right. So after after getting reserved, then what happens? Where where do you go from there? Uh, he ends up going back to BJ and Blake, and you know, Jared Jared always had a soft spot for Homer. He he loved Homer as much as anybody. He would uh. I can't remember what the scenario was, but somehow BJ and Blake ended up with a super state dog and did some trading and dealing and Jared ended up back with Homer. Right. And I probably went through about 50 dogs in the next 10 months and they all sucked and ended up, you know, Jared got back to the point where business was booming and he wasn't hunting and I ended up buying Homer Homer back from him, and the rest is history. He was home for good. Gotcha. So you keep Homer, uh, start start breeding him at this point, or has have he been bred any? Or um, I think we'd bred him once to uh, the misfit female we had off Mojo, um, the first go around. Um, I I had a young dog from that cross. And she would treat some cones, but she wasn't nothing special, so I ended up selling her. Gotcha. So you keep him. Homer gets a permanent residence at the Tony house, so he's not going nowhere. He's home for good. Home for I good. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have took 100000 for him at that point. So I know you still hunt him, you know, all the way up until the end. You, you hunted him, but you you didn't hunt him as much. Yeah, you know, as he got older, his style changed. Um, when he was younger, you know, he was a so people think that he was a babbler, and don't get me wrong, he babbled. Right. I could stri- I could strike him whenever I unsnapped him. Right. What they missed was twenty seconds later after the babbling, he was four hundred yards struck on a coon. Right. So I could strike him on the babble, or I could strike him when he really struck. Regardless, he was struck for a hundred. Right, he was the best strike dog I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, he uh, as he got older, he didn't want to be nowhere near dogs. I mean, he was never jealous if they treated with him was fine, or if something beat him on a track, he wasn't jealous. Um, but the older he got, he ended up just getting out of dodge. Um, he didn't want to be nowhere near dogs, and kind of changed his style because there was a bunch of hunts I, I lost just because he was too far right so what is the next dog at this point that comes into play oh wait and there was a there was a stretch where Homer was really it for a while yep I think 
bought Homer. Bought Homer back. Homer's the main dog, really only dog. And then I think the next one I end up buying is uh, Wipeout 3 Pete. Okay. I, I buy him from Ryan Croson and Randy Christman. And he's off Zev 3 and Bebe. Um, litter mate to uh, Threesome, Hell on Wheels, and uh, all those. And Pete. Pete was a good pup. Um, I didn't have him long. Um, we took him to the Lone Star 5000 one year and won our cast all five nights. And, and uh, I would end up selling them. So it was back, back to just Homer. So you back to just Homer. Um, yep. Then what? You know, did you always, when it gets to this point, are you kind of starting to look? Homer's starting to get a little age. Or yeah, yeah. Homer's getting on up there in age, and we, uh, you know, Dad's got the English whiskey that that he hunts, and, and I got Homer, but also kind of, you know, looking for something else at the time as well. Um, you know, Homer, Homer's doing great, and but uh, you know, just time for something else, and I would end up buying the uh, tricolor bad V female. Mm-hmm. From uh, John Styles and Dale Kinder and Greg Minkler, she uh, I wasn't a female guy, but at the time I had money burning a hole in my pocket. Right, was ready to get something, and she in the short time I had her probably treed more coons than anything I'd ever seen. Uh, she probably had more five coon nights than than any dog I'd ever saw. Right, and treat a bunch um she won about two grand in the short time i owned her um but at the time you know i still got her and homer um luckily we ended up breeding her to homer and the whole litter made dogs that would run in tree cones and there's two or three of them that got a little bit of money won and titled out and there's also two or three of them that just made mediocre dogs right um, from there, I would sell her and be back to just Homer for a little while. Um, but at that point, it's nearing the end of Homer's life. He uh, he's starting to lose a bunch of weight. Yeah. The dog dog went from like probably seventy five pounds to thirty five to forty pounds. Right. Um, he's got knots on his neck and under under him the size of softball starting to pop up. Um, and you know he's not got cancer and it's nearing the end and his last 45 days alive dealing with all that with the cancer with the weight loss I probably shouldn't have hunted him but he was a hunting dog and that's what he wanted to do and he won four grand and made the final four three different pro classics in three different states his last 45 days alive dealing with all that right I know I, I, I that was the summer I kind of hunted with him a little bit. I was getting kind of back into it, and uh, you could tell he lost a step, but he still had a good mouth, and he still would kick rocks in your face when you cut him loose. And that that kind of hindered my outlook on the whole coon hunting dogs and everything. You know, it was great for Homer, but bad for me because now I don't care. If you get bit by a grizzly bear and you got one leg, 
you better be a mile at 10 miles an hour getting going coon hunting. Right. It, so, I mean, if he if he can do it at 10 years old with cancer on his deathbed, you have no excuse. Correct. So what's what's the next dog you come across? Slow talking Luther Ray. And and who did he come from? From my buddy Little Doug. Little Doug. So I several years ago there's a dog in Kentucky for sale off Slow Talking Blaze. And I had messaged Billy Carter to see if he knew about the dog. And he's like, you know, I don't know exactly what dog you're talking about, but if it's Luther Ray, it's a good one. Well, you don't forget a name like Luther Ray. Right. Uh, but at, at that time, three or four years prior, the, the dog that I was looking at up there wasn't Luther. It was a different dog. But needless to say, Doug ended up with Luther Ray, and that name kind of stuck with me. And uh, so our buddy Chad Bro called me. He's like, hey, Doug's got a dog named Luther for sale. I was like, it's got to be the same one. So sure enough, same one. I called Doug. We get a deal worked out. Um, and I leave from work right then and there, 5 o'clock in the evening, drive all the way to Burnsville, Mississippi, pick them up, drive home, take a shower, and go back to work. And Luther was very good to me. He, uh, he barking fool. You turn him loose, he's barking. You probably hear him barking in your sleep if you've ever hunted with him. Well, hold on. When you say turn him loose, he, I've hunted with him. He started barking before you turned him loose. Yeah. I mean, if, once you get him out the box and put him on the lead rope and you get to a stopping point, he starts barking. Does he ever stop? Uh, when he's sleeping. When he's sleeping. Okay. And Luther, you know, when I got him, he was he had his problems. He wasn't having enough cones. Yeah. He was probably 20% accurate. And... uh but, I mean, it wasn't like he was going 100 yards and falling treed. I mean, this dog was going six, 700 yards, working a track, working a track. And what he was doing, when he got to the point he could no longer move it, he was getting treed. Well, after a little electricity and a size 11s on him, I mean, he turned it around 360. I mean, he was, from that point, after about 60 nights of that, he was having 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Um, and we, we would start our streak with Luther at the Lone Star 5000. Um, you know, he ended up with, I think, three Final Fours that week. Three Final Fours and a cast win. And won us like $8,500 that week. But his style kind of goes back to similar, not exactly all the way, but similar to Homer. He's a He's a dog that's going to get you a score, right? Yeah, he's struck for 100, and he's fast. You know, he didn't make no mistakes in between. He would just be through the country, and, you know, once I got him hunted up and where he needed to be, he was very accurate. Not not deadly accurate, but, I mean, he, he would consistently have you 7 out of 10 consistent. Sometimes hit 8 or 9 out of 10, and some nights 6 out of 10. But, I mean, he was consistently 75% and was going to have 200 on everything. Well, did, didn't you also figure out that he had kind of a, I wouldn't say a medical condition, but 
uh, what was the deal with his with his eyes? He would get real matted up. Yeah, so his eyes didn't produce enough tears. Um, so he had to have like teramycin and tobramycin and, and all that stuff. I mean, and it helps, but not good enough. I mean, instead of being a hundred percent matted up, they were only eighty percent matted up. Right. But uh. You know, that, that week at the Lone Star, that dog, in five nights of hunting, I handled him under 26 coons. Not too bad. Nope. Now, that that's it's five nights of hunting, but it was actually like seven, no, eight rounds because there was uh, three late rounds in the mix. So. And those are 90-minute those are casts or two-hour casts? Two-hour casts. Two-hour. So, I mean, so he, he was averaging that week three and a half cones a cast and was scoring over 500 every cast. So you get on a pretty good roll hunting Luther, and what happens? Yep. So we end up getting a truck ticket that month. We're the overall number one dog for that month. Um, end up going to, let's see, then go to February go to an RQE qualifier. He's the overall number one dog wins the RQE. Um, and then me and uh, Michael Moody come up with a, another hunt, 36 dog, 350 entry, double your uh, double cast wins. You win 3,000 in one night. So you make 10 times your money, two rounds overdone one night. So we go up there with Luther and uh, me and little Doug drew out early. And Luther would win that cast with 200 plus and go out on the late round. And I would have Chance Elkins and Chad Frisbee. And it, it was a terrible cast. We was water waist deep and cold and late in the night. And dogs wasn't cooperating. But uh, we would win that cast with zero. And uh, so, you know, here I am in the course of six weeks, this dog's done one $11,000. Not too bad. Not at all. So how long did Luther Ace stay around? Luther made it about six months. About six um, months. Dustin had called me. Uh, I think it was around June. And it was hot, not hunting a whole lot. Um, but Luther wasn't a good summertime dog anyway because he barked so much he got hot. Right. Um, you know, said that they were, that Ike was looking for another dog to add to his kennels. So ended up making that that sale with Luther and uh, you know, Malcolm would end up hunting Luther and uh, Mal- Malcolm really liked him and won a few casts with him along the way so when you get rid of Luther you back to no dog right where do so, you after Luther end up getting a homer pup back that I had raised uh, that we called Max um Max was an animal. He, um, we had raised him, and he uh, he started, and from day one, the sucker would sling sling rocks in your face, and I mean, he just covered ground like one was supposed to. But he was, you know, slow to get treed. He a uh, running style of dog, and so at the time I'd acquired Luther, I'd sold Max to Trey, and uh, you know, Trey kind of, you know, got tired of the same stuff I was getting tired of, not getting treed enough. So Max would make his way back uh, to Andy Morgan, and you know Andy put some good hunting on him, and 
got them getting treed a lot more. So from that point, after selling Luther, I'd acquire Max back. And Max would be my project for the next eight or nine months after that. Gotcha. So you, you got Max going in the right direction. And in about the time you really start to get him clicking, what happens? So we got Max clicking. Max had done put together three or four cast wins in a row with 400 plus, 400 plus, 400 plus. And he was a strike him for 100, be a mile away from everything. And if Max made 100 trees, I'd expect to see 90 cones because he would rather run than the tree and not have a cone. Right. So get him going. Oh. Dustin calls me. They're looking for a fall dog end up making it happen you know hit me at the right time after one of max's trailing episodes keeping me out to eight o'clock in the morning so ended up you know selling max to them and getting luther back as part of the deal as well so we we would get max and he won almost twenty thousand dollars with him in 30 days after getting them right got him in Final four of about six or seven different pro classics and final four super stakes. And he, uh, he was on a tear with him. So you get Luther back and that's all you got at the time. Right at the time. That's, that's all I got is Luther. Gotcha. So then what you just, you just hunting him or. Yeah. Um, just, just hunting him but i can you know he's getting on up there in age he, right he's still treating a few coons but he's lost a step you know he's going on seven years old and the as much as he barks it's it probably took a toll on him <laughs> right but uh so it go on and i'd end up getting a female named molly who we had raised off homer and hellbilly lily she was a litter mate to the shine on female in Pennsylvania. Right. And we would, uh, my, I mean, Molly was a coon dog, but she had a few in between things from A to Z. She's a coon dog, but the in between, she needed a little tweaking on and 60, 60, 90 nights of hunting. We really got her fired up clicking. I mean, looking fantastic. Um, and one of my buddies called wanting to buy her and they, came down and hunted with her and she treated three or four singles and waist deep water looked real good oh uh, they would end up with her um, you know they won a few casts with her and then she really just didn't click for them um after about three or four weeks and in the meantime i'd acquire another dog off electric rodeo you at at this time though you you sold luther again correct yeah, uh, my buddy Alex um, over around the Lake Charles area, DeRitter, would buy Luther, and they, uh, they've they been doing real good, treeing a few coons, winning a few casts. So uh, I got this electric rodeo pup named Bolt, and nice pup. Still kick myself in the butt for it. Real nice pup. Had all the chrome, all the tools, all the talent, and he made me mad fourth of july he got to trailing around somebody's house and they got to popping fireworks and that was it when they started popping them fireworks on them he he shut down came back tail tucked 
I, my patience is zero. None. No tolerance at all. So I put him in the box, and I put on Snapchat, he's got to go. Somebody bring me X amount of dollars. Um, and it ended up working out, getting Molly and some boot for him. So now we're back with Molly, equipped with Homer Power. Gotcha. So you end up, you got Molly back. What else do you have? Uh, another pup that we had, uh, I didn't raise him, but I bought him when he was about six months old and kept him about six months and had him running and treeing. Uh, the insane whiskey dog of Jared Mitchell's, who was off Homer and an insane ex female. Um, I bought him about two weeks ago. Gotcha. So you kind of went full circle. You you back now hunting two dogs direct off of Homer, which is your old dog. Right. Yep. So that's pretty much from start to finish where we're at. And how many how many dogs did you go through that we didn't talk about? Probably, I mean, it, I would say definitely 50. Definitely 50. I would have to agree with you. Um, I would say that, you know, you would call me, and if you didn't like one thing about him, they were gone. I mean, to shine a light on my no patience, I bought a jilt that made the top six of the fall super states paid good money for I mean not not an arm and a leg but I had five grand in her and came home got her off the truck I don't care that she's been on the truck for 12 hours that's not my problem you're a hunting dog you're a coon dog when I cut you loose you need to kick rocks I cut her loose she turned around and looked at me like I was stupid I grabbed her put her in the box put her on Facebook for sale that night and sold her for eight hundred dollars yep same way with I bought the Wipeout Rebel Dog. Um, ended up trading a Hillbilly Deluxe Pup and a little bit of cash for him to where I ended up probably having around four grand in him. And he treated he treated cones, but was the slowest thing I'd ever saw. And a guy came one night to hunt with him to try him, and the dog ended up treating two cones. And I'm thinking, all right, we got this sucker sold until he wanted to see him for a third cut. And two hours later, he was 120 yards. Right. So the guy, needless to say, didn't want him. But I told him he didn't understand. I don't want him. You know, at this point, I'm trying to sell him for 1500 bucks. I'm like, I'm not feeding this dog tonight. What will you give me for him? Will you give me 1000 Will you give me 800 No, 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 no. Like, will you give me 300 And he ended up giving me $300 for this dog. I'd ended up giving them to them for free because I was done with them. Right. So what is your plans for the future? Where where are you at? I know you got two dogs there. They're both seasoned dogs ready to roll. What What is your plans? What are you looking at in the future? Um, man, got a couple of things in the hat. You know, I like the way Molly's bred. Um, you know, being off Homer and her mama was Hillbilly Lily. Uh, Lily had the litter mate, Hillbilly Abby. That was a good cross. Um, you know, Abby had made the finals of the Breeder Stakes. 
Lily Lily was off of uh, Hillbilly and Rats Wild Emma, who goes back. Uh, Pine Ridge Chick, Pine Ridge Emma, Pine Ridge Chick Two, who was nothing but a bunch of reproducing females. Correct. So I, I really like that, and definitely plan on breeding her in the future, um, probably next summer. Get something. I mean, Molly. There's only two in the litter, uh, in her litter. Molly and Shine on, and Chad Gress and Benji Coffin. They've got twelve thousand one on her. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, th- them two females ended up both turning out to be nice dogs themselves. Gotcha. What about the whiskey dog? Are y'all just going to hunt him? Are you going to breed him? Yeah, we'll probably eventually breed him. I'm just going to hunt him for now. You know, his, his bottom side is he's off Insane X and a Triple X and Curly's Hard Knock and Knock female. So, I mean, he's, he's bred to reproduce himself. Right. Um, got a few things. Irons in the fire. Uh, Dustin bred Max to a power pack female. Uh, probably gonna try one of those. Right. Max Max got enough heart and hunt. He can probably he can probably give half the other dogs up there. Yeah. Well, um, I had a couple more questions for you. Well, we'll try to knock these out and then I'll. Uh, I'll let you go. One of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've been to a bunch of hunts. You've seen a bunch of dogs go. What was the best performance you've ever seen, whether it be your dog or somebody else's dog in a cast on a hunt? Man, I'm sure I might be forgetting a few in between, but the one that sticks out to me was the heads-up cast at the 2013 world on it you know i think homer had 550 and hillbilly deluxe had 750 i mean bill bill looked really sharp that cast i mean flawless strike them tree them have a cone uh no pissing around just bill was flawless that night right i heard a lot of people say good things about him oh i never got to actually hunt with him but Everybody said he was a pretty nice dog. Right. He was one of the few that I've drawn in a hunt that just made me say, man, ain't nothing I can do, but, you know, congratulations, and damn, he looked nice. Yeah, well, them boys usually come to the woods with a pretty good dog whenever they go. Every one of them, for sure. Yep. Uh, One of the other questions we had, what, uh, not your dog, pick any other dog, dog that you've been with multiple times what what was a, a dog that you hunted with that you really liked that you never owned consistent the, just something that stands out to you that night in night out that you you really liked i mean one of the ones that comes to mind is jesse lively's high style and frank dog. um you know i drone frank numerous times and he was the same dog every time you cut him loose through the country with a coon right jesse's not bad about having a dog that's gonna go tree coons that's for sure um always enjoyed hunting with him and and when you went with him he wasn't uh he wasn't packing no junk for sure yeah i mean frank 
Frank's top class. He, uh, you know, of all the dogs I've been with in the last 20 years, I mean, he, he's right up there with the best of them. Gotcha. Um, what is the most, what's the most memorable cast that you've been on? Memorable casts. Let's see. Probably the 05 Mississippi State Youth Hunt. Um, I ended up winning it with Dad's Max Dog. We had 425 plus, and it was just boo coodles of prizes. You know, back then they didn't have Garmin Alphas. They still just had the regular GPSs, the E-Tracks or whatever. Right. So I'd want a Garmin E-Tracks. I'd want a light, um, want a pair of boots, want a wick jacket, uh, want like a thousand pounds of dog feed, want a dog box, want a bench from a bench show. And it was just boo coodles of prizes. And uh, yeah, that was one of, that was probably the first larger hunt that I'd won. I mean, there was 60 kids hunting in this hunt. What registry was that? Uh, it was a UKC, uh, Meadville, Mississippi, two thousand five. Gotcha. You've always done pretty good in the the UKC hunts in Mississippi. Uh, if I recall, you won a a state hunt there also. Yeah, uh, Homer won the state hunt in Coffeeville in twenty eighteen. Was the only dog to double up and. He won us a Henry Golden Boy rifle. Gotcha. I'm sure that'll be something that Bradley will enjoy for years to come. Absolutely. Well, man, we've been going at it for about an hour and 15 minutes. Before we get off of here, is there anything that you want to say or anything that you think we missed, want to touch on before we uh, wrap this thing up? Oh, just, you know, everything we do out in the woods is bigger than coon hunting. I mean, we can all be competitors and do everything within our willpower to win. But at the end of the day, we're all brothers out there and you know, look out for each, each and every one and just set a good example and have a good time because as much as we want to win, at the end of the day, it's a coon hunt. Yep. Plenty more for us to do. Um, you know, and we've lost uh, several, several good friends in the last year um, of our hunters. You know, Michael and Michael Moody and Jeff Travis, some of the pioneers from the last 30 years. Um, just good people. Yep. I'll agree with you there. Uh, hunted with both of them a bunch and, um, definitely had a positive impact on i know mine and in your lives and, and a bunch of others that they hunted with yeah you know from the time i met michael at eight or nine years old you know he treated me like family from day one um you know jeff treated me like family too but he treated me like the red-headed stepchild that he hated that's right but, <laughs> <laughs> no, no i love jeff too though but there's a bunch of good people in the sport. Just everybody chimes in together and do whatever we can to continue the growth of it and make it better. Right. Yep. 
Well, all right, man. Well, I'm going to let you get off of here. It's Sunday evening. I'm sure you want to spend a little time with your family and get ready to yep. go to work this week. Try to sell a few cars. Yeah, everybody listening, go to www.hoodameat.com and we have the best deals, new or used. Come check us out. Gotcha. Have you ever sold a truck to a coon hunter? Uh, thousands. <laughs> I heard that. Yep. Well, man, I appreciate it, and uh, I enjoyed it. We'll, uh, I'll get this thing edited, and we'll get it out there, and I'll let you know, and uh, we'll get it, uh, get it shared, and maybe one day I can get your daddy on here, and we can. We can talk a little bit. I'm sure he's got a few stories he'd like to tell. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably full of them. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.